Happy Monday, everybody, or good Monday morning, as you're used to hearing me say. Happy President's Day to everybody that is off watching their kids, hanging out, having a good time. But you guys are listening to Author Talk with me, Amy Russell Fern, and our lovely author guest today is Beth. So you guys, let's talk weekends, okay? Whoop, whoop, let's do this. So I cleaned on Saturday. I mean, I deep dive cleaned my house. I told you guys I'm decluttering, right? And getting my declutter on. So I did all of that. And then yesterday, Russell, you're really going to love this. Josh had a genius idea to walk to the duck pond yesterday with my kids on their balance bikes. Okay. Which I hate because they ride those things for five minutes and then we're stuck carrying it. And we probably walked like, I don't know, like two miles there, two miles back. Then we had to feed the ducks, which I don't like ducks. I feel like they're secretly just ninjas. I don't like ducks. Okay. I, they're going to annihilate me is how I feel. So it was an adventurous, you know, weekend because that's, that's what we did. It was clean. What did everybody else do? I hope you guys lived, you know, amazing adventurous lives other than me. Russell, you're my adventure person. What did you do? Let me go last because I have like 15 subjects to talk about. <laughs> okay. Fern, what did you do this weekend? Well, this past weekend, I basically like put away everything from my cruise and, you know, I unpacked and washed laundry, but the weekend that is exciting for me is this coming weekend because on Saturday, my book releases, right? If So if you have pre-ordered Love's Call, it will be hitting your Kindle on Saturday. And I have uh, four amazing authors that are coming to uh, Inklings Publishers page, Facebook page, starting at 6. We're going to have some interactive games and posts on there from uh, various authors that write fantasy romance as well. You know, head over there around six and just post your ears to whatever the different proposal authors I think Fern is having wireless problems. He's <laughs> doing, what is it? It's going to be an author takeover on um, the release of Fern's book two, which is this Saturday at six. And she has four other authors that are going to be involved doing posts and interactions and things like that on the Inglings page. So make sure you go over and take a, a peek at that, engage with that and be interactive. If you have pre-ordered Fern's book two, um, when love calls is the title, right? Fern? I, have, I always call. put love calls. Is it love's love call? call? Love's love's possessive call. <laughs> okay. Okay, I know I don't know why I put the win in there, but Love's Call is available for pre-order. It launches on the 25th, so if you pre-ordered it, it will be in your Kindle on the 25th. If you haven't, what are you doing? Go over and pre-order it. Now. I will totally <laughs> order the book today because <laughs> and because everyone that likes a book needs to give it a good review because reviews matter. So please give Fern a review. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and we'll see. I've already uh, got several contests that I'm going to put it in. So we'll see if it becomes a winner as well. Very oh, exciting. Big weekend. Whoop, whoop. I love book launches. Beth, what about you? Well, I just have to say congratulations, Fern. Book launches are always fun, exciting, great celebration. Uh, my weekend was work 
sorry, it's not super exciting, but um, well, I met with a client on Saturday morning and did some socializing with a mother-in-law who came in and visits us often, almost every Saturday. I'm uh, sorry. You know. No, she's a sweetheart. <laughs> she's a sweetheart. She's one of the most energetic people I know. Shout out to my mother-in-law, Bella <laughs> Barani. And um, then I worked on my own podcast, which is actually is a, is a passion project uh, and edited down uh, the, the podcast that just was released today. So that, that's super exciting, How to Write the Future. Uh, I talk to futurists and talk about writing and storytelling and um, all kinds of fun sci-fi related things. And, uh, and Sunday I did chores. Oh, Sunday I went over to a neighbor's house, a friend, and hung out with her and her cat, and we did tarot. We did tea and tarot. We gave each other tarot readings, something I've been doing for many, many years. And, and it was really relaxing and really fun. Wow. And then, you know, yeah. Before we go on, him? Beth, where do <laughs> yes. they find your podcast? Yeah. Howtowritethefuture.com. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all the podcast services. Uh, how to write the future.com will jump you right over to my page where I list all the podcasts, how to be a guest, uh, how to sign up for the goodie, which is a world building workbook for writers, uh, a 12 page workbook to help science fiction, fantasy, and also all kinds of fiction writers build convincing, integrated, engaging worlds for their fiction. I love that. I'm going to have to listen because I'm fascinated. I am a firm believer before Russell, we get to you. I believe that like sci-fi and just fiction is one of the hardest ones to write because you world build, and especially if you're creating maps and all these different worlds and you have portals and stuff. I mean, I have seen Fern when she's, you know, planning out. I mean, she's got pages behind her and then the family timeline. So I am, I love that. And you, all of y'all know I'm not a writer. Okay, I live through you guys because it's hard. It's just hard for sure. But I definitely think that that's amazing. So I will put the links to that in the comment section below. But Russell, what did you do this weekend? So I was at the world's busiest airport on Thursday night, which right before presidential day, which was hell yes. in Atlanta. It was crazy, but you know, you just got to enjoy the moment. Tunnel what vision. it was, the people. You got to enjoy the people. And I spent the weekend in Houston and on Friday to see the grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And on Friday, uh, I was at a cigar bar with many beautifully brilliant uh, people. Uh, I didn't expect it, and Vern, that's why I didn't let you know about it. I'm sorry. And Nick, that's been on our show, has a new book out, which wow. is a docudrama book about the wildlife, basically, in the city of Houston, which is, and it's a photograph book. It's just beautiful. And Does it feature skunks? And, you know, confrontations between huskies and skunks? No, not your stinking dog. We're not. Beth, her dog, she has this beautiful, brilliant husky that is too stupid to stay away from skunks. She and likes so it hunt. stinks so bad all She's the a time. Hunter. For the record, it only happened one time. 
you know, she's mostly after possums, but anyway, it was it was entertaining. And anyway, and then on Sunday when I was flying back, I always buy a hard copy of the New York Times on Sundays when I'm flying because I can dive through that and spend the whole time. And then when I finish with the newspaper, then we land. It's a beautiful way to use my time. And there was an article in there. If you'll stick it, if you'll put it up for me, Amy. And just uh, Beth, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about chat GPT and all of what that means and how it can help you and how it cannot help you. And then we also referred to some other AI uh web pages that you can go to that you can type out what you want in a uh, picture and it'll create a picture for you. Like if you want llamas shooting basketballs, it'll have an actual picture of a llama shooting a basketball. And this article that covered two pages of the New York Times uh, on Sunday was about how they run through the AIs, they prepared it for this, so many artists, and now some of these uh, pictures that are coming out that are created by the AI are looking disturbingly like the artist pictures themselves and the trouble they're having. I thought that was a great article and it was about something that we had discussed before, so I wanted to get that out. Uh, before we release Fern, I, a couple of things. Number one, I want to thank the people that listen to us on the podcast because, Beth, more people listen to us during the week on our podcast than actually watch our show. Uh, we do it on Monday mornings, and then we, then Amy puts it on the podcast, and we have a lot of people that listen to us. We're top 10 independent book podcasts in America, according to our ratings, which we are very humbled by. And thank the people that are listening to us. Amy, where can they find us? Yeah, so you can find us anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. Spotify, Good Pods, Amazon, Apple, Google, everywhere, okay? I mean, I'm sure I'm missing places. But everywhere that you can listen to a podcast, you can listen to us. We do encourage you to come on over to our Author Talk Facebook group and join it. Because as we do the video... You know, we all control what comes out of our mouth, but not our facial expressions. I also talk a lot with my hands. So it's a big, you know, hoot, I always say, to watch us. You can check us out over on our Facebook group. You can watch us over on YouTube. You can follow any of us and engage with us on any of our social media channels. We are open in that sense. If you want to be on, the best way to get on is to send me a direct message. Emails get buried. I get a lot of emails a day, you guys, like 3,000 emails a day. So she doesn't like respond to them, so you need to no send them more. Difficult. It's really difficult. So send me a direct message on any of my social media channels, and I will get you booked on this show. But without wait, further ado, wait, don't wait. don't oh don't release Fern yet. No, I have something else. <laughs> I have something else. Ah. Okay, okay. Uh, Beth, if if you're watching this, you need to go to Beth's bio and push the more, more about Beth to see some very interesting things about, about our author today. And one thing is that she's lived in Paris twice. She's fluent in French. Uh, a couple of questions. Number one, have you read Proust in French? And number oui. two is, what is the favorite thing, 
What's your favorite place to eat breakfast in Paris? Well, Paris breakfast is croissant and coffee. So if you want a, an American or British breakfast, you're going to have to find an American or British oriented restaurant. So well, why would having, well, right. So you want to cozy up to your corner brasserie. Any part of Paris is going to have fresh croissants and you can just get your little petite express, you know, which is a little espresso. You stand at this bar. It's like polished brass and you have like a buttery fresh croissant and a little cup of uh, espresso and it's just delicious. So anywhere. I prefer anywhere. the little French soldiers in a poached egg. You know, sitting Lovely. out on the sidewalk yes. cafes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's the most, yes, have you read Proust in French? I have. I have. And he is one of the most mm, poetic writers with these long sentences that like take the whole page. It, it's incredible reading him. It's like going into a deep trance. It, it's nuts. His stories are a little depressing, uh, but his voice and language is just beautiful. I have to also mention Emile Zola. His his writing too is 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 very earthy, very grounded. I, I really loved Emile Zola as well. Um, and I also wrote a lot of translations. So things that were written in English translated into French because French storytelling style plus the whole written French is way more complicated than spoken French. So you know I, I read both and I also read Le Monde newspaper every single day when we were living there in 2001 to 2003. It was my like language learning tool, plus helped me just brush up on, on French. Yeah, I've been in love with French since I was 16. I'm I still read the Le Monde articles, probably one a day, but I read them in English. Yes, uh, yes. Now, as we release Vern, and then I'll, I'll finally release her, because I know she's dying to talk to you about your book is the two of you write in much the same genre. And uh, Fern has some beautiful books in the same genre as you. And she even had one that was uh, reviewed and five-starred on the Doctor Who page uh, with its millions of viewers. So uh, Fern is, I know she's excited to talk to you. Oh, Fern, that's so wonderful. Congratulations. I, I want to read that. I am a huge Doctor Who fan. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we didn't really realize that um, Doctor Who actually has like a book review section on the official fan page, you know, Doctor Who online. And they do. And, and they pick out books that they like from apparently they were following me. I followed them on Twitter and they were following me. And um and you can also like um, submit your book to them, and then if they if they like it, they will review it. They'll put it up, and you know if they don't feel like they can do a good review, they give you a critique, which I really like um, because then that you know what what it was that didn't work for them. And sometimes, um, like he was explaining, sometimes it's just that the genre wouldn't really be appropriate for their audience, you know. So sometimes it's a perfectly good book; it just doesn't really fit what they're trying to promote, you know. Mm -hmm. But but I'm very excited about your genre because science fiction mystery yes. is, is a fun combo and I haven't seen a whole lot of it. 
This yeah, is, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's not um, it's not super super popular yet, uh, and yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm actually reading a cyberpunk noir right now, so it's not exactly my kind of sci-fi that I write, but um, it's out there, and I've been looking for it, and um, it, it's super fun. Yeah, so I was gonna ask, you know, what because a lot of these are more steampunky or cyberpunk or they're more in the in that area of science fiction and fantasy how do, how do you distinguish yours from those genres and what made you go in in that direction rather than maybe going more in the cyberpunk or or steampunk direction yeah, well, I'm I'm not uh, I don't feel like I'm any kind of uh, expert or aficionado with steampunk or cyberpunk. It's not actually my favorite um, genre to read or watch. I really love straight up murder mysteries. I watch a ton of cozy mysteries, either contemporary or historical. Uh, but one of my favorite, um, well, I have three big influences. Obviously, Star Trek is a huge influence, and and so they're. There, it's a positive future. It's highly tech oriented, and it's it has some underpinnings in the culture that I really wanted to see if I could put into my story. So more positive, more humanistic, and also um, I didn't feel comfortable setting something in the far, far future. My stories are set in a hundred years in the future, which I found just challenging enough, but not too much of a stretch for me. So that's why I set them a hundred years in the future. And um, I also am a big, huge fan of um, Firefly, although Firefly is set far, far in the future. I still, there's still something super relatable about that, the group of people, um, what they care about, what they're up against. And then there's another show that came on on the Sci-Fi Channel for a few years called uh, Killjoys, which is bounty hunters in space. So I really, um, and again, that also has you know a group of people coming together to stand up for the little people and 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 take you know and and has really strong family ties with each other. So those are some of my my big influences, and they they're not exactly although Killjoys is a little bit more on this on the steampunkish kind of feel. Um, so I, because Star Trek is such a big influence on me from, from a young age, um, I was very motivated to try and write a future that is a little bit better than ours in many respects. And I'm very driven by how do we try and create a better world? And so my mm -hmm. story plays with those themes. It's not like idyllic or utopian, but it has a lot of things that are better. And I also wanted to deal with some of the issues of today played out so you can you can push that out 100 years you know there's a lot of changes that have happened in in our own real history in the last 100 years and yet um if someone from you know 1923 were to show up right now they would see our world has many unrecognizable aspects but also many recognizable aspects uh and i was pushing i also want to play with you know, what happens if some big disruptions happen and that actually change the world for the better. Uh, so it, it's more on that Star Trek influence than it is on anything else, I would say. Yeah. Very cool. So it is it is our world, but in yeah. the future. Okay. In the future, a hundred years. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your protagonist. I mean, is she kind of like a Jessica Fletcher type protagonist where everywhere she goes, people die? 
Is that kind of what's <laughs> happening? I mean, I, I always well, thought, I yeah. don't want to be friends with Jessica Fletcher because if she comes visit me, someone's going to die. It could be me. Who knows? You know, I always thought that was kind right. of funny. But like, you know, tell us a little bit about your protagonist. Yes. Well, my protagonist, Janie McAllister, is a professional investigator. Uh, she is a space station investigator in the in the in these books, these first four books. She is the lead investigator of the security team on a high end hotel casino space station high above planet Earth. So she is it's her profession. She is not a nosy amateur detective. She is there to solve all kinds of problems. And each of the books center on a murder mystery and time passes between each book. Um, there's also some petty theft and other things that happen that she's in charge of. And she has a team that she has to earn the respect of. And she has a boss and the boss's boss who shows up. And there's also in the first book, we, we get introduced to uh, an insurance agent who swoops in during a theft. She's investigating and turns, you know, and he becomes a, a second important secondary character and love interest. So it does have a lot of romantic elements as well. And Janie comes from an interesting background, kind of brought up on the wrong side of the track, so to speak. And I said it in Las, her upbringing in Las Cruces, New Mexico, because there's, I had read there's a spaceport nearby. And I just, I wanted her to be involved um, in that influence from a young age. She's very nerdy. She loves engineering. She taught high school science before her life gets disrupted 10 years previous. Um, where you know her best friend got murdered and because she tried to she found her friend's body and that totally disrupted her life as uh, she went into the military which i call space wing so think think space force but you get trained up in space stations and uh you know she uh, had a desk job but then be, because of her new interests and passion she became an investigator so she was a military cop before uh, she became this investigator on this hotel casino space station, which is very she she think you know Bellagio, Bellagio mm. in space, and nice. it's um, yeah. I have casino scenes, and I have her running around the space station. Uh, all the so you see the behind the scenes. You see things that she she discovers things that she doesn't even know existed. There's like a hidden history. Um, before it was a hotel, it was like a transport um, depot type place. Uh, so I have to create not only the, the like earlier, I think before we got on air, I was talking about maps and things like that. Uh, I had to create a whole map of the space station, of the hotel uh -huh. casino, plus how it came to be. Like who built it? How was it built? Why was it built? Uh, what was it before? What's around it? How do you get there? So there's a space elevator in this story, uh, deeply inspired by just the idea of being able to take a space ele elevator up to a space station. So that's part of the story. Um, so Janie is this hardworking, uh, very like a lot of investigators, very dogged, very, she doesn't let go. <clears throat> she, um, and then she also has a special skill, which is she has an, an eye implant. She, through an unfortunate childhood accident, she lost one eye and now she has <clears throat> Basically, uh, a brain, sorry, um, I'm recovering. Mm. Recovering from a cold hair. Uh, <laughs> she, ha she has a brain computer interface. She has an eye implant. And so I build a whole history about how some people have implants and 
she has this uh-huh. eye implant, which is like very highly, uh, uh, she had to sign all these documents, you know, when she got it as a teenager and she's able to see different wavelengths. And so I throw in a lot of science. I'm definitely a science geek, throw in different things about science that allow her to solve mysteries using her eye implant. And that's one of her superpowers. I love that. I love that she's a mod, right? From like the Star Wars universe, right? The people that like to modify themselves. Um, and and that you have like this cyborg piece in your in your book because it makes it so much in- more interesting because then the reader's like, well, who else might have some kind of modification and where is the modification, you know? And exactly. some might not be as evident, right? An eye yeah. could look like an eye and you just don't know that, that you know, it has mm-hmm. more capabilities. And I love that. And I love the casino thing. So in the casino, like, are there, um, are there special tech uh, games that are now available, like holographic? Like, are the slot machines different? Like, I recently was on a cruise and I got to spend a little bit of time in a casino, but only a small amount because I was like, holy crap, I'm, I don't want to lose money. But... <laughs> You know, I didn't so make the casino. casino. Yeah, I didn't make the casino super, super high tech. Uh, what I did make high tech is how people pay. So everybody, everybody either has a chip embedded in their wrist. Um, so a lot of people have different mods like that has all their identity and their music, music, everything. Or they're wearing a bracelet that looks like a watch that has everything or both. And people, people's jewelry is now um, holds information. So imagine just wearing a, um, a pearl necklace or, or whatever. Um, Janie, Janie wears a choker that her mother gave her that has all her, her childhood photos in it. So people have um, enhancements on their body through their clothing, their jewelry, or these embedded chips. Uh, the cool out of this world thing about the casino is that there is a show, a nightly show that happens right outside the casino. It has these huge windows that are like 30 foot tall and very wide. And there's acrobats in, in little, you know, spacesuits outside doing their, their shows. And so that's part of it. And then sometimes there's like a holographic band that performs. Um, and uh, so yeah, the casino itself isn't super high tech, but there's other things about it. Like there's these special rooms people can meet in that get changed a lot or, um, sorry. Uh, yeah. Or uh, yeah, I was thinking there's, there's a, a beautiful high end um, um, restaurant that has amazing out of this world gastronomy that food no one would ever see. Um, but uh, normally people's food comes out of this food crafter think oh. think it's a 3d printer essentially very sophisticated food 3d printer but nice. on this high-end hotel casino food is handmade right because that is the gourmet thing that's the luxurious thing having all the staff who prepare the food the kitchen oh. does play a big role in the story the chef we get to meet you know the various characters I- in there I've been dating a chef. So yes, those people are really, you know, really valuable because they know how to cook, you know? (laughs) That's right. And I grew up with, you know, cooks. My father was a gourmet cook. Um, My sister runs a restaurant. Several of my brothers have worked in kitchens and 
I love featuring food in my story and I love inventing meals. I invent drinks. The bar features heavily in there. Um, so I have fun with all of that, making up flavors and textures that are like, whoa, I've never seen that before. So that's, that's yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. That is the wonderful thing about our genre is the world building, right? The, the discovering things about your world that you, that are, that become exciting and some stuff you put in the book and some stuff maybe is just for you. Um, so is, you know, you talked about having a floor plan of the station. Is that in the book? Do you have it in the book for, for readers to play with? Cause I love. I don't. Oh <laughs> yeah. I had, I don't had my designer start to create one, but the visual, there's so much going on. I mean, it's, it's like 15. No, I think I had like 30 decks all together. And yeah. it's so hard to represent that on a on a piece of paper. And it just got to be difficult to represent. Uh, so that's, that's a, you know, that's a pending project. At some point, yeah. we'll figure it out. I, I couldn't come up with, we couldn't come up with a design that that worked. It's very different than say, creating a map. Uh, where right. you can show all the major landmarks. I wanted to create something that um, a guest could look at, but mm -hmm. then it became too complicated. You can imagine, uh, you know, even if we're at a in a hotel, we actually don't see uh, on those maps every single thing. And yet I wanted to represent that. Also, I was trying to create it while I was in edits and things kept mm. moving around in my edits. So I am like, okay, this is, this is something that's got to gel later on at some future yeah. date. No, it, I hear it, you about that. It's because like one like, more. Yeah. Yeah. I've been working with my, with my illustrator and she's been waiting for me to give her the war maps that she's going to fix up. And yeah, I'm in the middle of editing. So I still don't know what all is happening in the war. So yeah, she's, very patient, very patient. Miss Araceli Casas is very patient. I really appreciate it. So this is book four. Now, I imagine that these are like um, kind of individual stories, right, that follow this protagonist. Um, I know you're working on book five, right? Like, do yes. you have a, a set number that you're planning to do? Or are you just kind of letting it flow out as many as she wants to tell you of her story? Yeah, I really see this as can be an ongoing series for quite some time. The first four books kind of evolved. Uh, probably by the time I had written the first book, I realized that this would probably be a four book series. And I don't know why I like four more than three. I'd already written a trilogy in fantasy. And for some reason, I don't know, I like the symmetry of four. So as I've been working on book five, I feel like this will also be a new four book series, meaning that every book, yes, is the standalone mystery, uh, murder mystery. And there in the first four books there's like an overarching something going on that mm. i the thread builds throughout the four books and same with this one i'm dealing with some some material uh, a big backstory mystery that becomes into is in the forefront of book one but i it's so big i don't think i can solve it in one book and solve the, the murder mysteries so i like writing these contained series because um it allows me time to develop that big secondary plot that um, I hope will be interesting to the reader and keep them coming back. They're like, oh, great. She solved the murder. But what about blah, blah, blah? You know, what about this other thing? So mm -hmm. I, I kind of like that. And I, I like it when other uh, when I read other people's series and they do the same thing 
where there's some continuing characters and some other storylines that get wrapped up. But you're not, um, if you happen to pick up, pick up book four, the red cover, Red Running Deep, you'll still get a full-on story. It'll be interesting. Uh, you'll, uh, I write them to be standalone in that way at the same time. It's tricky, but I like a challenge. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love um, authors that do that because I feel like it's satisfying, right? You you get a real satisfying story right there, and then, but at the same time, you're following all these bigger clues. Now, Sherlock Holmes had his nemesis, right, Moriarty. Um, does she have a nemesis? Is there a nemesis um, lurking in the shadows um, for your protagonist? Yes and no. There's it, it's a little hidden. Uh, you know, at first in the first book, you think the nemesis is this insurance investigator who turns out to be somebody else. But then after that, you there is uh, a kind of nemesis that doesn't you don't really know is a nemesis until maybe book four. And in the current series that I in the new cycle, uh, there is going to be a kind of nemesis, but it's um, I want to keep them. I want my main character, Janie, not to really know who's pulling the strings until probably probably later uh i think it, it yeah i want to keep it a mystery <laughs> so but it's not it's not like it's not like moriarty and sherlock where they're really like equals yeah. and, and locking horns mine, mine is a little bit different um kind of kind of um symmetry yeah playing with some different different things it's hard to talk about it when it's still in progress i'm sure you understand Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But it's wonderful to, to hear, you know, the, you know, the questions that you have, even as an author, right? You're not a hundred percent sure what you want to do or in the directions. And it's fun to talk to authors about the process, you know, the pieces and as they begin to gel, see how they, then later when you come back to the show, you know, get to see, okay, how did it gel? You know, where did it land? Mm -hmm. So I, besides being an author, I know that you also are a coach. Um, you coach writers and I know that there's always a lot of questions around what does that mean and I know because even with the question of the editor right the developmental editor versus a copy editor there's always questions um, a lot of people are confused how do you define a writing coach you know and how do you see your role as a coach in authors lives well that's a great question it I have shown up so many different ways for my clients. Uh, you know, for some, I am a developmental editor and helping them broaden their scope of uh, how to make a, a more powerful three-dimensional story that engages the readers. Uh, for other people, I'm teaching them craft. I'm teaching them how do you write a powerful sentence? How do you really engage the reader's interest with the sensory details, with a powerful scene that leaves the reader on a cliffhanger at every end. Or for some clients, I'm just, I guide them on book marketing and how do you build the fundamentals of book marketing from zero, from absolute zero? How do you get started with that? For others, I've actually been uh, a book producer as well. So I'm not a publisher, but I will produce a book for someone. I will guide them through the process so they can upload the book into Kindle and the other vendors. And because I've been doing this for so long and I've helped lots of clients and I've, between my husband and I have published over 30 books, I really understand the process and what makes a book look like a book, <laughs> how the look and feel of it, the professionalism of it. Uh, 
Yeah. And, and just for some writers, I'm like a thought partner. They, they show me their manuscript. I give them a developmental edit, meaning I, I po point out where it's strong or weak around story development, the characters. Oh, the characters feel flat. Okay, here's how you can create a three-dimensional character. Oh, your setting feels kind of like a cardboard. You know, here's how you make that three-dimensional. And then guide them through the investigation process. Like, what questions do you ask? How do you how do you open up your world for yourself? How do you make it feel real and three-dimensional and, and nuanced and complex? And how do you make a character feel real instead of just like a stick figure? So there's it's like part critique, part teaching. There's a lot of teaching. I'm at heart a teacher. I've done lots of teaching live, online, and in, in front of groups where I just help them. Essentially, my specialty is really helping people open up their creative process so they can sit down and create. So there's a lot of factors that go into that, right? There's the craft factor, but there's also the trust. How do you trust your own creative impulses? How do you harness them? How do you develop the practice of just sitting down and writing? You know, and so there's sort of a, a physical aspect to it. So uh, yeah, I've been doing this work for in, in this iteration for over 16 years, and it's um, it's definitely a passion of mine. I just just love it. So as you can see, it takes many many forms, and because I'm also practiced in in um, uh, I'm trying to think of the the broadest term possible, basically mindset tools for writers. How do you understand your own internal wiring? What motivates you? How do you, um, you know, get up in the morning and, and apply yourself to your work? So I help individual authors figure that out for themselves. It's not, it's not a one size fits all. It's highly customized. I'm very attuned to each client. Even when I teach in a classroom situation, I really am attuned to each student helping them discover their own creative process and how do you how do you put that into action so that you can leave a class or a workshop of mine with like work done and but also awareness more awareness of your own uh, way of, of making things happen um, yeah and I love it I'm just super passionate about helping writers get their visions on the page and out out to their readers it's it's such a beautiful process well we love having you here and I know you're working on book five for this series and I know you've done other things, you know, in fantasy and stuff. Um, do you plan to also kind of delve into maybe a different genre or just you're just going to play in this universe for a time? What are kind of your your plans? Yeah, well, I'm definitely going to stay with my Janie McAllister mystery series, this, this sci-fi series set 100 years in the future. And I'm still working on my Henrietta the Dragon Slayer series, which is a fantasy. And I have a graphic novel series that I, I am developing for continuing adventures of that trilogy. And then uh, if you look at my, my book list, I have some sweet paranormal, um, paranormal stories that I'm kind of shifting into paranormal romance, uh, I'm sorry, paranormal romantic suspense. And I actually have a novel that hasn't been published in that series and a whole nine book series I've been sitting on for a long time that I've been planning that involves, it's like basically romantic adventure, paranormal romantic suspense adventure. I'm really an adventure writer. It were these broad sweeping globe trotting adventures with these different men and women in, um, 
that that's sometime far in the future. So it's like I always yeah. have multiple projects in the hopper, things uh -huh. that I'm daydreaming about. And who knows? Who knows what else might come up? But those are the main those. I, so I have three series in play and I'm just going to keep, keep playing along with them. Yeah. I love I love that because I think that um, a lot of working writers are like that. We have multiple projects that are there and things that we keep in our heads that we want to eventually get to. So I just love it. And I do want to say I feel really sad that there is someone going around out there dragon slaying. I mean, why are we killing dragons? What did they ever do to you? I just got to say <laughs> I love dragons. Anyway, oh, well, you're I just going to have to read it because... When you meet Henrietta the Dragon Slayer at the beginning of book one, that career is already over. And she, even though she's being asked to kill another dragon in book one, she's, yeah, it doesn't turn out the way you think. So it, it works. I mean, you know, I do have people who have to kill dragons in my universe too, because sometimes dragons just, you know, they're crazy, but, um, yeah. but I do love dragons and, I just gonna pop it over back to Amy because I know we're running out of time and and Russell's already given us the eye because you know, <laughs> well, Fern, thank you so much. He <laughs> is our time Nazi, that's for sure. And I know that this is a genre that both of you love. You both write in it, so I feel like this conversation could go on. So Beth, we're gonna have to have you back on when book five comes out, so we can continue this conversation because it's just. Fascinating. I could sit and listen to both of you talk about your books and world building and how you came up with it forever. Like to me, it's the most fascinating, creative conversation ever. So I'm so grateful that you took the time out and got up early. Girl, on the it's early where you are. I just thank you. Thank That's you right. so much for doing Well, thank that. you for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. I'm gonna kick it on over for last minute's questions, comments, statements. Russell, we didn't hear a lot from you today, besides, you know talking about her bio and everything. So what is your closing statement? Well, I talked too much during the first part of the show. <laughs> and it, it was, this was, this was a made for Fern type show. Yes. I mean, it really was. Beth and Fern are two sisters of the same thought. So it really was made for those two. But Beth, would you please tell our viewers and our listeners where they can find your book? Absolutely. So my Janie McAllister mystery series can be found on any uh, platform, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books, all of them. You can see all of my book list at author.bethbarani.com. And if you get lost and you forget about the author part, don't worry. You can just go over to bethbarani.com and click on books and you'll, you'll see all my books. Any, any book vendor will, will have them, both my fiction and my nonfiction. Uh, and you can just partake and enjoy. I love it. It is listed in the comment section down below where you can check out Best Books, all of her works and her website and also her services. So make sure you take a look in the comment section down below. Fern, closing comment statements from you. I just adored this conversation. I am looking forward to getting my hands on Beth's books because they're so up my alley. Um, I look forward to finding out why Henrietta is killing these dragons, but I agree with James. Some dragons are evil. I know. I know. I will, I will forgive the dragon killing part because some, some do have to, I mean, smog, right? I mean, we really needed to get rid of. Quit bad mouthing smog. 
Smog was just a bad dragon. No, he was just a bad, bad little awesome. dragon. He was a hardy dragon. Anyway. Is uh, that the Lord of the Rings dragon? Yes. Okay, yeah. Thank you. It took me a minute. Okay. I watched those like once and I was like, that's time out of my life. I'm never going to get back. And I refused to watch them again. But I knew that the dragon was in there. I didn't remember the name. So yeah. I was, I, was, I love, I love your books, Beth. I'm going to, I'm looking forward to getting to read them. Oh, thank you so much, Fern. And I, I'm curious about yours as well. And Russell, I see murder for me. Is that a murder mystery? Yes. I write uh, murder suspense books, uh, crime books, really. And I have one coming out this year, uh, Murder by Storm. Wonderful. I'll have to check it out. I do read crime fiction as well. Uh, so really awesome. And Amy, I just have to thank you so much for inviting me on. It's great to see you again. And uh, both of you ask such great questions. I really appreciate you, you all being here. This was really fun. Oh, well, thank you for getting up early and coming and talking to us. It means the world. We love doing this and hearing from all kinds of authors, writers, their path to becoming a writer and a published author and what they are passionate about writing. So thank you so much for taking time out of your morning, Beth, to come and talk to us. But you guys, we hope you all have a fantastic Monday, a great President's Day and a great week. And until next Monday, bye for now, everybody.